0: By the hockey shop, source for sports surrey, thehockeyshop.com. This is In Goal Radio, the podcast, celebrating episode number 52. Let's bring in the co founders of In Goal Magazine earlier than normal for this special episode, Kevin Woodley and David Hutchison. And gentlemen, I'm going to ask you two key questions Woody, how many weeks in a year? 52. 52. Hutch, Hutch, how many weeks? weeks have we been doing this podcast uh that would be 52 darren congratulations gentlemen we have made it one lap around the sun that's amazing. And we haven't missed a week. You guys have been unbelievable. And this whole production has taken off from our first episode where we were finding our feet to goaltenders at the pro level, right on down to those driving to the rink where their parents are listening to the podcast. And I just want to say that I'm really, really proud of you. And I think, uh, well, I know for a fact, this is my greatest compliment to you. If I wasn't on with you. I would be an in premium subscriber, and I would be an in-goal radio uh, listener. Guaranteed. Congratulations, boys. Thank you, Darren. I think it's also notable to say that only one
1: member of this trio has been on every single of those 52 episodes. So well done to you, Darren. No holidays for man. you. Always a working man. Yeah. He's got the streak yeah, going. Yeah.
0: You know what, biceps uh, get you through in life. Uh, a lot of people uh, poo poo my uh, my time at the gym, working on my biceps, but uh, but I get through. I was talking to a National Hockey League goaltender this week about InGoal Radio, the podcast, and InGoal Magazine, and uh, I didn't didn't clear it with them that I would uh, go public, but I just want to let you guys know that uh, that it came up in a conversation. So uh, we are we are everywhere, including National Hockey League dressing rooms, and this week. We are going to chat with uh, one of the most influential goaltenders on and off the ice, Robin Lanner of the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, we are going to go uh, across his platform of safe selection and how he approaches the game. And, uh, and something that just jumped out at me was, uh, was how he approaches the butterfly and changing things up. And you guys, uh, listeners right now, I speak to you directly. You're going to be fascinated by this conversation that Woody has. With Robin Leonard, and just just kind of out in the middle of the dressing room, that's that's the coolest part about that uh, that discussion, Woody.
2: Yeah, no, it's and, and uh, to be honest, uh, I don't think we mentioned it in the interview itself, but maybe cooler, it's uh, it's game day, boys. Like this is on a game day. Chicago did not practice; they, they came in early but it took the day off. So my only opportunity to talk to Robin was on a game day and a night when he would start against the Vancouver Canucks. And Robin being Robin, he he, he not only did he probably expected it, because we typically have these chats when he comes through town, but he was gracious with his time. He was thoughtful with his answers. He was passionate, as always, about the position, the way he plays it. Just, you know, got to be one of my favorite all-time interviews. Uh, a guy who really does sort of no holds barred, just tells it like it is. And his approach to the position, his thoughts on the position... His evolution going from the Islanders to the Blackhawks, a defensively stingy team to a more wide open chance trading team, and talking to us about how he's actually changed his approach behind it, how he's a little less technical because the amount, the type and style of shots he sees aren't as structured as they used to be before. The whole thing was fascinating. I know our listeners are going to enjoy it, just like I enjoy every time Robin comes through town.
0: We have done interviews in cars, we've done interviews in like uh, stick rooms anywhere where it's quiet and this one was just done just in the regular setting of a, of a dressing room basically yeah pretty much by the when we started it was kind of your
2: regular media session the rest of the media was in the room talking to everyone else on a game day and i sat down next to robin and we started talking and frankly i kind of expected the media to come over and interrupt for a scrum but the next thing I know, I looked up, the room was empty and it was just me and Robin talking. And then actually Corey Crawford, so cool. Crawford was out late taking shots. And uh, as the backup that night, he was out there with uh, all the scratches and and doing doing the works that backups do and out there late. And he came in and we wrapped up with Robin and we just sat down and talked gear for about five, 10 minutes, not with a recorder running, just, just chit chatting. Yeah. So I'm kind of a nightmare for PR staffs, but uh, the guys don't mind sitting down and chatting and... The, the PR staff of the Blackhawks was kind enough to let me sit and chat long past everyone else clearing out of the room.
0: That is so cool. Uh, Hatch, uh, it's, it's a fascinating interview. It's really cool.
1: Oh, it is. And don't, don't you wish more guys would be like this? I, I I'm always harping on about the fact that uh, the media, I guess that has to include us, um, tends to get on these guys if they're too honest with their answers. And it's so nice that a guy like Robin feels comfortable being completely honest and and open with us. So uh, that's another thing that Kevin does so well is he makes sure that these guys know that they're talking to a goalie only audience to people who are like them. And, uh, and really it's, it's, it's a friendly interview all the time. So they really open up with our listeners and, and I'm thankful that uh, that Robin did. And I hope more guys will be comfortable doing that.
0: Well, and goal goalies, uh, if For those that have not been in a National Hockey League dressing room or a professional dressing room, for that matter, goalies are the most intimidating people to approach uh, for reporters. Really? You kinda, you, you, oh, yeah. I found that anyway. People kind of tiptoe up to the goalie. Are you talking today? Are you not talking today? Especially on right, game sense. day. Uh, yeah, game day. Of course. And, uh, and there's, there's sort of the, everybody converges all at the same time. And this is a, this is, this is a unique one uh, to hear Robin Leonard uh, speak. Well, just to give you a comparison, I can't talk to
2: either Canucks goaltender on a game day starter or backup. And that's (laughs) becoming more the norm around the league where it's, you know, sorry, both goaltenders are off limits on a game day. I do believe it's quite often. It's not the goaltenders themselves. It's PR staffs and policies and things like that. Um, So it is refreshing. We've had a few guys make exceptions. I remember Flower coming in a few years ago and he's like, I don't talk on game days, but come sit down and you know, we'll just pretend we're having a casual conversation. You can record the answer. So some some <laughs> sometimes membership in the goalie union has its privileges with some of these some of these guys or guys that pull you into the stick room to have a conversation. So the rest of the media doesn't see they're violating their policy on on game day talking. But for the most part, it is getting harder and harder to access these guys. And so when they do give us this much time. Uh, we're, we're grateful, and hopefully our audience is grateful too, because like I said, Robin's insights are fantastic.
0: And Robin's uh, journey through the mental health uh, and addiction has been well documented, and uh, we, we totally uh, are uh, appreciative of his openness in, uh, in this endeavor to, to make everybody aware of what happens uh, to you, me, and your neighbor uh, when it comes to uh, depression and mental health. Uh, and that takes us into Kay, Kane Van Gate. Talk talk about mental health. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Careful. Now this 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 guy, he's like I followed him for a long time. This is the first time that I've heard Kane talk, and there's not a more confident person out there. I mean, uh, he he's he's got it going on. That chest is puffed out. <laughs> Oh, that's a beauty segue, Darren. Wow, is he, it not? Yeah, I,
1: was, I feel bad almost. Got a got a phone kvg and warn him what it sounds like. Um, he is, you know, and and funny enough, I mean, well,
0: it is a satirical role. Well, he does play thank the whole you. thing. Thank you for thank you for pointing that out because I was I was going along with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but
1: but what, I just wanted to say that while it is satirical and while he plays the hute the whole thing. Uh, tongue-in-cheek there's actually some good stuff in there for kids to listen to oh yeah yeah, you know like you you can actually take some that well no but the the absurd perseverance is is definitely something after a goal um meaning he he's still passionate about his sport and going after it um maintaining confidence because you can only play with confidence. I think, I think there's
2: actually something underneath all that, but, but maybe I just like searching for meaning. Well, and he does, I mean, let's be honest, he coaches and, and beyond the persona, he played boys like he played. And I've seen other sort of online personalities chirp him about being a beer league. The reality is he, we've, I've talked to teammates, former teammates in college that, that are in the, that were in the NHL that played with him in college a little bit. And he played at that level, right? Like not a lot, not a long time, but he was part of a team. Um, and... Top amateur level in the sport. No, legit. Like legit NCAA Div 1 school. Um, for the sake of the persona, we're not going to name it. Uh, but like I said, I've talked to teammates in the NHL. Some teammates now coaching goalies in the NHL. Um, so there's there's some... Le- behind the persona, the persona, there's a legitimate goaltender and a legitimate yeah. sort of passion that comes through on both well, sides of it.
0: We're not going to have him on if there's not some background there, but this is a, uh, this is a really entertaining interview. Uh, I, I uh, like Patrick Waugh and, and Patrick's confidence would wilt in front of uh, Kane van gate 38. There's, there's, there's no doubt about it that, that Patrick would just slunk slump down and just sl- slunk, slime out of the corner. It just, it's not even close.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, KVG is just so open to answering questions. I mean, he didn't even once say I can't hear you because of those eight beer league championship rings I've got on my ears
0: right now. Right, right. He he wears them as a chain around his neck. <laughs> Probably it's does. Like, he would look like Mr. T with well, with all those uh, those championships. Well,
2: yeah, except let's be honest, in beer league you don't you don't get rings, boys. You get T shirts. So he'd just basically have them all wrapped around his head. So.
0: Oh, yeah. He'd be like that guy that jumps around the crowds that takes a T-shirt off and gives it away by by chucking. That's that's right, too. Uh, no, I'm looking forward to uh, to everybody hearing Kane Van Gate 38 and and his conversation and, and his just the, his passion for the game. And you 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 you're going to love hearing him talk about his setups and what's most important to him, uh, basically when he goes on the ice and, and what he prides himself in and what gets him going. That's all coming up. Uh, and he also gives a big shout out to the hockey shop source for sports, sorry, the hockey shop.com.
2: Yeah. Hey, and listen, uh, KVG was a guest of the hockey shop at uh, the original or the second Tendy Fest. There's been so many now. I can't remember which version he actually I think came the out. Original. And I think the original and the second. It was, pre- it was pretty fun to watch Darren because people legit following around looking kids, looking for autographs from KVG. Like he was a big rock star at this thing. And so, um kind of speaks to me to the legitimacy of both uh both Kane and obviously the hockey shop events like Tendy Fest uh with all the top sponsors coming out we'll be back there again this summer but um just that ability as a, as a to be more than a store um to be a place where you can go to to talk to cam ask questions learn about goaltending you don't necessarily have to go in there to buy you just want to get better as a goaltender they'll help you out with gear tips they'll help you out with playing tips They just have that pure passion like KVG for the position. They also happen to have a whole bunch of, speaking of sponsorship tie-ins, a whole bunch of Bauer Pro Return composite sticks right now that are on sale. You're going to have to go check out thehockeyshop.com to see whether they actually have a KVG Pro Return model in there. I'm not sure. Heard some rumors, but they've definitely got some top names. I saw Lundquist in there. I saw a whole bunch of different NHL goaltending names. Um, Bauer Pro Return Sticks on sale at The Hockey Shop and TheHockeyShop.com this week. Uh, We go there because of that passion, Hutch. We go there because of the knowledge. We go there because of the selection. And that's why you too should check out The Hockey Shop, Source for Sports in Surrey, British Columbia on the outskirts of Vancouver. Or if you can't get there in person and say hi to Cam and ask him all those great questions, you can check them out online at TheHockeyShop.com.
0: KVG 38 is a sponsored athlete. That's, that's the level that we're dealing with here. Hey, and, and that's
1: right? not, and and that is not satire. I mean, the role no, is, no, no, he's a sponsored it's legit. Athlete by power.
0: Yeah. yeah. Legit. And when he talks about all his setups, it just, it, 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 I have this deep rooted envy when he, when he discusses it, it's, I, I want to be KVG 38. Maybe for a day. He catches. Not me.
2: He catches at the wrong hand. Does he?
0: He does. Oh, um, re- explains has, do a lot, ever, doesn't it? Do you think he's ever scored a goal? Ah, he would have mentioned it for sure. If he ever scored a goal, nothing. He's not leaving anything out uh, in that <laughs> interview. But uh, but Pekka Rennie scored a goalie goal uh, in the last week. Uh, your reaction, uh, Hutch, when you first saw the Vesna Trophy winner Uh, become the tallest goaltender to ever score a goal
1: and credit to Mike McKenna as well the uh, only goalie to
0: ever score with a composite stick so oh yeah I was I I I always get excited shouldn't we have more of them with composite sticks it's weird that we haven't had one since 2013 in the NHL
1: well and maybe there will be more because some guys like Kevin Woodley now employ second sticks for games correct Kevin yeah, yeah,
2: chirp away, boys. Listen, I think, but not are, for warm up. There are, but hey, not for warm up. Listen, Alex Staylock told us that he wanted to get an empty net goal stick. So, exactly. if there's a face off, in the other why team, wouldn't you? Yeah, so you can just get it up and over everyone and shoot to score. Listen, I'm surprised. As are a lot of any, NH- This is a topic I've discussed with NHL goalies for the past couple of years. Everybody was surprised that we hadn't had more in the past year, especially with the propensity now. If you're down by two, to pull a goaltender. With like three, three and a half minutes early, left, yeah. Um, goalies like their their eyes light up when they see that goal. The other guy come out early. Like there's buzz around the league. Like everybody figures we should be seeing more goals, and we haven't. Am I surprised? It was Pekka. No, because as we wrote in a follow up at InGoalMag.com uh, and the InGoal Premium Edition, Pekka's like Pekka's a guy who early in his career. When he struggled with low event games, low shot games, when the Predators tightened things up, even especially after LaViolette, we, we think of Trotz as the defensive coach, but the reality was the dearth of talent there for so long meant even with the defensive system, they still gave up a lot of, of, of shots. So Pekka stayed busy. Under LaViolette, less shots. And one of the ways that Pekka dealt with it, because he's a goalie that likes to be active, um, and he feels like when he's not active, he loses that engagement and he's not at his best. So he decided he was going to handle every puck he could. And if you watch him go behind the net, he will go after rims off the glass. He'll go after rims that are halfway up the dasher. He will slide into the boards in a freaking butterfly and like slam into the boards to stop it so that he can stop it and handle the puck. Michael Hutchison, one year I had to do a story from NHL.com asking goalies what it was a Christmas story. So if you could take one thing from another goalie and have it left under the tree for you, one skill, what would it be? And most guys, I mean, Carey Price's movement was the number one answer, but Michael Hutchinson said, Pekka Rinne's ability to stop rims behind, behind the net. It's a game changer. The way it helps out his D was a great point. And it was one of the reasons that Pekka was out there corralling a bouncing puck behind the net, knocking it down out there early, giving himself time to roof it over everyone and score. So, you know, usually, hey, goalie goals, we all cheer for them. But in Pekka's case, there was a very specific set of circumstances that led to the skill um, that allowed him to score that goal.
0: And it was uh, 190 feet because he was right against the, the boards behind the net. Uh, and he let that thing go. I, was, I When it bounced, I wasn't sure it was going to hop the right way. But, uh, but he, got, he got the shooter's role and, and good on him. We should get the uh, Major League Baseball home run trackers to
1: find out what the longest goalie goal in history is. We should get a distance on
2: all of these. Yeah, he was definitely behind the line and dropped the knee old school style and let her rip. It was, hey, listen, if you want a guy who deserves a good bounce, Darren, uh, one of the best guys in the league uh, from a personality and just kindness standpoint, uh, Peck has got a ton of good karma coming, so I'm not surprised it bounced his way.
0: What does dropping to one knee uh, do for you when you're shooting the puck like that? Yeah, a little more leverage, a little more
2: power, especially when you're trying to get it up and over and out of the zone. So everyone's in that zone. You want to roof it up really high. Yeah. It's just like a just like a shooter in some of our pro reads, right? You've 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 seen some of the goalies talk about seeing the guy with that top hand kind of tweaked and sorry yeah. dropping down to lift the shot, and that's part of the read as a goalie. Well, on a shooter. Just same thing as a goaltender, right? You sort of drop that knee and get a little more leverage and a little more pop to get it up, up high and quick.
0: I tried it a couple of times before this. I don't know why I was out there screwing around, and I couldn't get it to work. And So I was trying to figure out the, uh, the reason why guys do it. Stop shaking your head, Hutch. You know there's, there's a lot more stuff that I've tried that doesn't work. Hey. No, I was just going to say it doesn't do
1: anything for me. I'm no. exactly the same as you. I've tried a number of times. It just embarrasses me.
2: Well, I'm, I've never, I like here. I'm, I'm going on what other people tell me, guys. I'm not pretending I do it myself. Let's be honest at my age. Try it. I, listen, I try to go down as infrequently
0: as possible because it's getting harder and harder to get back up. Yeah, I know. But, tr- but next time, try it because I can't. Uh, somebody's going to have to show me what like what the technique is for it. But I, I have witnessed different people do the one knee down and shoot. And I, I didn't know whether it was power, whether it was height, what, uh, what the exact, uh, benefit was from it.
2: Oh, Darren, I, I believe you've just handed us. Pekka Renee is visiting me here in February on the 10th with the national predators. Oh. I think you just handed us a nice little video segment. Pekka showing us the one knee drop and what it does for him. There oh, you go. There you, there you go. go.
0: That's got Ingle premium I, written all over it, boys. I love it. Flower, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, still wants to score a goal uh, that's uh, on his bucket list. So there's, uh, there's a lot of guys still thinking about it. Um, we should also mention the Russian Revolution in goaltending that, uh, that is occurring. Washington and uh, the New York Rangers uh, with uh, Shostorkin uh, coming in and giving Georgiev. And who's the other guy in New York? Uh, he wears, uh, what uh, what number is he? He's battling for crease time with Shostorkin and Georgia. Look at how his, his The I, guy who can't close his glove? Yeah, yeah, that guy. What's, um, uh, what's his name? He cl- I can't remember. It's the Lundquist Close. Woody. Cl- Woody, turn, oh, yes, turn around. Yes, I was yes, going to say, Woody, just yeah, turn around
1: him. and read the name off the jersey at the back of your wall there. Be, <laughs> hey,
2: only, yeah. Oli- only Olympic gold medal winners go on the wall, so it must be a special name. Listen, Lundquist can close his glove now, too, for the record. I did oh, not know that, that changed. Yes, he is. Oh, yeah, he's he's adjusted that. It doesn't close it all the time, but he can close it. Ah. No,
0: Uh, he's being. uh, Well, have we? Are we seeing the future uh, with uh, with Shostorkin coming in? Oh, for sure.
2: Like, um, but let's not be dismissive of the present either. In the form of Georgiev, who was having a heck of a season up until right before Christmas, he hit a bit of a skid. I think he went through a. up until that four games from December 23rd till like mid or I guess January before his last start, so January 8th or whatever, I think he gave up 18 goals in four games. Prior to that, he was actually better than Lundqvist at least statistically. So, and he's a guy who's played above the expected save percentage throughout his career with the New York Rangers. I like Alexander Georgiev's game and you talk about Russian Revolution. I've gone through his Russian roots with him and his transformation once he went to Finland and started working with Frederick Norena. Shostorkin's the future. Don't dismiss Lundqvist. He's got a 9-10 save percentage right now. And a lot of people are like, oh, is his best past him? When you adjust his numbers for the shot quality through clear sight analytics, dude is top five in the league. Top five. People are writing him off like he's over the hill and done. He's top five in the NHL. So um, obviously I'm a fan, but I do think he's still able to perform at that level. Maybe not as often. Maybe you can't play him like you used to. And they rolled the, you know, I mean, they
0: rolled the wheels off him in New yeah, York for years. But you can't, you can't. Even Georgiev is getting four starts in a row. Yeah. Uh, they, they, at least they, they, they bought in and they're, they're using a plan.
2: Yeah, and, and the plan is probably and long-term. I like Georgiev, but he probably becomes a trade chip. Just doesn't have the same, um, in their mind, or he doesn't have the same pedigree for sure. And in some people's minds, maybe mm. not quite the same upside. But I still think he's a legit NHL goaltender that can be a good 1B type guy. Maybe even, you know, maybe not a, a, an everyday starter, but a guy who can give you starts for a prolonged period yeah. of time. There's value there.
0: Look at uh, him as we approach the trade deadline. He's an RFA next year, and uh, he could certainly help uh, some teams with their goaltending depth uh, down, the, down the stretch. Drive uh, Samsonov also in, uh, in Washington. Shouldn't overlook him. Uh, as far as maybe being the future there too I hope he's, uh unrestricted after this year i'm curious what's going to play out with the capitals
2: yeah no and it'll be interesting there i mean samsonov legit prospect like shishterkin like um sorokin who's going to be coming over soon with the islanders that's one of the reasons they got um varlamov that's the word thank you varlamov there's a relationship there uh, with the islanders after grice leaves uh, probably as a as a free agent this summer um, the Russian Revolution is sort of long. It, it's been coming for a while. We'll have an article up on it, actually, at Ingo Premium soon, digging into some of the roots of this and and why some of these kids maybe are a little less structured at younger ages and why it's allowing them to have that elite level success at the NHL, um, including Georgiev. Had long chats with him about the type of training he used to do. Vasilevsky, um, same thing. Right. Vasilevsky, you know the best on it was Hudolbin. Um, you know, Hudobin. Oh, yeah. Dolby didn't have a goalie coach at all till he's like 18, 19, and he met uh, I think it was of Jenny in a summer one year. So um there's some really interesting stories behind the roots of what we're seeing in terms of the Russian infiltration. Obviously, Askarov did or Askarov did not have a great world junior, but he's gonna be the top goalie off the draft board this summer. So we'll get into that at in-goal premium, but in the short term You know, speaking of the Rangers, I think it's Georgiev is probably the odd man out. And I think whatever team gets in on him is going to have a good one.
1: Hey, all these names coming up with with up and comers pairing up with some great vets are going to be around for a while to come. This expansion draft soon will be very interesting for some of these teams, won't it?
0: Yeah. Who becomes the Marc-Andre Fleury for Seattle?
1: Exactly. And I mean, Lundquist has to be, assuming he's still playing in a few years, I don't see why he wouldn't be. He's going to have to be protected in New York. This is going to be really interesting. Well, no, Do you Lun- think he's still
2: playing in two years? Lundquist uh, has this year and next year left on his contract, guys. So that's one thing to consider. He's a UFA. True. He's a UFA. Yeah. And so as Just much as, yeah he, yeah. Does, yeah, he doesn't yeah. want to leave New York. Um, I'm, it's not, I don't think we're looking at a protection situation. You know the music, you know whose music that is, Hutch. You know my theory on this one. I do 100%. Ah. Can
0: I can I just it's a good theory? It uh, Carry Price. Yeah. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I I I love it when minds work together like that. Must be great minds there. It, it it is. I I'm with you when w- I don't believe Henrik Lundqvist leaves New York, but but Price was the first name that if you're going to follow a Marc-André Fleury type uh scenario, uh that that I that I thought of. Yeah, we we've, we've been wow. we've been sort of kicking that
2: around for actually a couple of years now. Yeah, hey, a couple did, of years. Yeah, for like sure, he, yeah. as soon as Seattle got a team that was one we looked at as his, and hey, his we're wife's just families from the area. Yeah, we're just spitballing, but uh, you could, you, totally. could definitely, you could obviously definitely see how that might be a fit.
0: Uh yeah, with his junior ties, uh mm-hmm. it's it's perfect uh playing in tri-cities. Uh, let's go back to the Swedish uh, goaltending, not Henrik Lundqvist, but rather Robin Lenner and Uh, discuss our feature interview of the week and Robin Leonard of the Chicago Blackhawks, formerly of the Ottawa Senators, Buffalo Sabres, and then really made his mark with the New York Islanders and now is on a one-year deal with the Blackhawks. And I love what he said when they asked him about contract and whether he would take uh, a discount to play and sign long-term with Chicago, which he really likes. And he said, Nope. I've been taking discounts my whole life and it's time to uh to get paid what I uh want to get paid, what I deserve to get paid. He, he he's not asking for more, he's not being greedy, but I just love that uh that confidence and it goes with what you'll hear in the interview, right Woody? Yeah, I mean he certainly doesn't lack
2: that and it just it's just a forthrightness. And I think that question, obviously I wasn't there when that question you talked about was asked, right. but I think the implication as I understand it of the question that that he responded to was that he would need to take a discount or another short-term deal because of everything he's yeah. been through from the mental health side, and and clearly, and understandably, and I would agree, um, he shouldn't have to. And and nope. from a performance no, standpoint, nope. you know, I have questions about goaltenders on new teams, right? Like we we've talked about, how do you measure who's going to fit in a different system, a different style, and all those things? As Laner talks about in this interview, like he checks all those boxes. You don't have to worry about can he play behind a low event team where he doesn't see a ton of shots and it's tight structure. Like not all goalies can. Curtis Joseph is the prime example when he went to Detroit. He needed to be busy. Lehner did that. Can he play behind a team that plays wide open fire wagon hockey? He's doing it right now. I talked about the stats from ClearSight Analytics that had Henrik Lundqvist top five in the league while everybody else was writing him off as as being on the downside. Robin Lehner's number one when it comes to goals saved, above expected, Based on shot quality, Robin Lehner is the number one goaltender in the NHL. One year after being a Vesna Trophy finalist behind a stingy team, he's having that type of season behind a much looser, more wide open team. There's just not a lot of question marks about him. To me, absolutely, he deserves to get paid. And to me, he's he's right there with Braden Holpe atop this list in terms of guys who should be most attractive on a pretty impressive list of unrestricted free agents this summer that also includes, I'll have to throw it in here, Jacob Markstrom of the Vancouver Canucks is, without any recognition outside Vancouver seemingly, also having a potential Vesna finalist season. You talk about Swedish goaltenders for the Vancouver Canucks.
0: Uh, yeah, I think I love about Robin Lanner is he's motivated and he's willing to do whatever it takes to make uh, everybody make sure everybody knows that, uh, that he is the goaltender and he's can stop the pucks and everything else is, uh, is behind him. He's willing to acknowledge it. He's willing to talk about the, the, the mental health part of, uh, his life, but he's a goaltender and he's not going to, uh, let, uh, let the other stuff detract from his performance and, and, Boy, motivation can be a powerful tool when you're a professional athlete. It is our feature interview presented by The Hockey Shop, source for Sports Surrey, thehockeyshop.com. The Chicago Blackhawks goaltender, Robin Leonard, with Kevin Woodley on In Goal Radio, the podcast.
2: I, I want to ask you a little bit uh, about uh, unpredictability and not maybe always making saves that look the same. We've We've seen kind of the game evolve, we've seen a few what we've coined butter stacks sort of butterfly slides into two pad stacks and stack mills and things like that. What, like, Where do you think on predict, Does it, does it matter sometimes as a goalie to be, not always give them the same look?
3: Yeah, no, I think so. Uh, I don't think it, uh, uh, I don't think the, has anything to do with, uh, the double stack and stuff like that. I think it has to do with a butterfly in general. I think, um, yeah. Clear cut butterflies on time. Just uh, I just feel like the the players in this league shoot too good these days. Uh, there are uh, there obviously the biggest biggest coverage is in the butterfly for sure, but uh, it's also players are getting better and better, and uh, they they're starting to expose a lot of the butterfly goalies on clear clear line shots. Uh, you know, you see so many coming down the wing, and you they go short side uh, every day in NHL. You see a lot of Goals going that way, um, just beating them over the shoulders, and I just feel like uh, you have to keep uh, evolving a little bit. Maybe not go down on every shot. Maybe uh, go one knee down. You know, get your use your shoulders a little bit more and stuff like that. I, I think that's helped helped me quite a bit. And uh, I just think players shoots too well. Sounds. I mean. It, it, patience is that a fair description of no matter whether no matter how you do it or is it no, i mean uh, sure patience is more important now than ever but uh, i mean I, I just go more one knee down saves than ever uh the last couple of years because you, you know uh that the regular butterfly just doesn't cover enough up top uh and um try to use your shoulders more try to you know the one knee down is starting has worked for me quite a bit uh uh, but it's tough, you know, it also exposes your five a little bit. So you have to be really, really, really patient to be able to to make those types of saves. But I think unpredictability is getting bigger and bigger anyways. Uh, uh, because, I mean, there's more and more video, more and more pre scout and uh, uh, players are getting better and better. So you definitely have to be uh, more unpre- predict- uh, unpredictable.
2: We talked at length last year about your adjustments with Piero Greco and, and Mitch a little bit in New York. Now, Jimmy Wade, a new voice. What's, what's been the focus? Has it been a continuation of what you did with the, with the Islanders, Robin? Or has it been anything new you've added or anything? It's kind of a game of constant evolution.
3: No, it's definitely been different. Uh, I mean, uh, we, Piero Pier and Mitch uh, uh, made some adjustments last year. I worked a lot with Piero last year, uh, kind of get my game to slow down a little bit less movement uh been keeping uh, working on that i think that's kept evolving but uh, jimmy has brought his own low dimension to the game too he's, uh he's fairly technical he's uh, been working on some post stuff with me and a few a few things it's been good but uh it's it's different man uh, i i i had to be way 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 less technical this year than i was last year um last year it was a little bit easier to be more technical for me it was a different system uh, there's there's a lot more chances here uh there's a lot more clear cut chances and being that technical that was last year would just not have worked here uh I have to stop thinking about the details quite a bit here, just try to make the save somehow so it's it's been less technical this year for sure
2: Is it a mental adjustment as much as anything a mindset almost robin
3: yeah no I mean a little bit uh it's just uh, it's been more folks just saving the puck uh, not how you do it uh, here because sometimes you as a goal you know you start uh, thinking about uh how to make the save and um it, it becomes harder um uh, but it works in a certain systems so where that you can use that to your advantage especially in long island where it, it was a little bit more uh predictable here um we're a very good offensive uh, offensive team but we, we there's a little bit more or there, there's quite a bit more chances uh here uh uh, rush chances, but uh, just chances in general, but a lot more rush chances. So there's going to have to be more read and react here this year for sure.
2: And you've, I know you've said it before, but it's not like that's new to you. It's just an adjustment from one year to the next.
3: Yeah, no, uh, you, 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 you work with what you got. You know, it's uh, you, you t- it's t- try to. You're a rush. Like a tough yeah, that's what things didn't
2: have to worry about.
3: Not as much odd, man. Yeah, no, no, last year, that, that's what uh, the trot system was good at. Uh, not generally, uh, specifically speaking, but uh, uh, good chances or grade A chances, stuff like that. It was just uh, no, not that much rush chances last year in the system that trots uh, brings to the table. And uh, But again, I was more used to having uh, rush chances and stuff like that from Buffalo, Ottawa days. And, uh, but I mean, that's kind of what people don't understand. Like uh, I, w- I went down to a two two GAA last year. That's only because of rushes. Uh, you know, if you don't if you see five six rushes a game, you're gonna let one in. Uh, that's that extra goal against. Uh, I mean, you can save three four of them, but there's gonna one that's gonna go in. Uh, so that uh, that extra uh, GAA on your stat record is, is gonna be reflected if you have a lot of rush chances. Just uh, doesn't matter which goalie it is. It's 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 not a big it's not a big deal, but uh, this year has been quite a bit of chances, uh, a lot of shots, quite a bit of uh, high danger and rush chances, and I don't mind it. Uh, I don't mind it. Uh, there was a lot of it's just funny because we uh, you know when I signed her in the offseason, it was a lot of these analytical guys and stuff that was like, "Oh, Rob's going to Chicago. He's not. And he doesn't know what he's getting into." Blah. Well, I'm like, that's what I'm. That's what I'm used to. Uh, and people forget that I was a ninety two percentage uh before uh uh in Buffalo. Uh, my whole tenure in buffalo was a ninety two percenter and um uh, but uh you know you don't get credit when you don't win it's just simple as that and so you can see that this year too I'm for sure playing at a quite a bit higher standard this year than I was last year uh i I'm playing way way better hockey this year than i was uh, last year was a good year, but this year I'm playing my best hockey and uh, you don't get that much recognition about how good you're playing if you're if you're not winning consistently like I said it last year you know i've won a couple of stars of the week and stuff like that start a month and i wasn't playing that great you know like certain of those start a week so I, I was decent but we were three and oh. when you're three and oh you you get a star but i had stretches this year where i had way way better games and way, way more high dan- danger and better saves than i've had uh, in a long time so and you, it's just how it works. When a team is winning, you get recognition. Uh, that goes for every player in a team. When you're not, it's uh, not so much. I wanted. To, I wanted to ask you one. The other
2: one was. Um, it's funny because I said the same thing. The numbers might change in Chicago, even if he plays good. Like, I expected you to play just as well, but the numbers are going to change just because the environment changes. When you say you're playing even better this year, what do you think allows you to, like, what's allowed you to play even better this year?
3: No, I think just keep evolving uh still i'm 28 years old it's uh, one more year one more year of experience uh um keep growing on my game seeing the puck really well uh, but um yeah no it's, it's i still feel like i'm fairly young in my career even though i've been in the league for a while uh but i keep getting better and better and uh uh no i i definitely think uh, i've been playing some of my best hockey this year for sure um uh, and I, i'm thinking like my mindset has gone away from a lot of the tra- traditional statistics I'm, I'm trying to be more of a i focus more on quality starts than anything uh even from last year i think uh, consistency has been a big thing for me you know as many games as possible over 90 91 uh, percent just trying to be consistently that not to have those swings and I think I started 22, 23 games this year. And I think I have one or two under 91, 91%. Just, I want to have that level of consistency. And it was the same thing last year, even if it was more consistent, the results last year, I think. I mean, I got pulled last year one, one time, I think in it's 50, 50 some games. And there was not many, many of those games that were under 91, percent. 90, percent And uh, it's just kind of, try to be there and show up so you give your team a chance every day to win. I think that's one of the statistics I try to zone in on the most. Um, and, um, yeah, just keep uh, working on not letting in clear line shots. Uh, that's a big thing for me, you know, like if they're going to beat me, they're going to have to beat me, and de- the other team is going to have to do something, something good to be able to beat me, and uh, the clear line shots, I don't want that to uh, be, be able to beat me, so I keep working on that, and that's been working well the last few years as well. I don't let in many... Clear, clear cut uh, shots from uh, and um, I think that's uh, a big thing too but you know in the end of the day when when a team is winning that's when uh, when you, when we as goalies get a lot of credit uh, there's a lot of good goalies in this league that don't get much credit because they're not on a consistently winning team and there's goalies that are on consistently winning teams they're not playing that great to get a lot of credit it's just how how things work and I, I say that about uh, if you want to really want to look at, it, if you look at Gibson right now, you know, like I always said, Gibson is one of the best, if not the best, goalie in the league. But uh, when the when his team was really good, that's what everyone was talking about. Gibson's the best. Gibson's the best, and I mean I couldn't agree with him more. But the last one and a half years, when his team is not that good anymore, now all of a sudden is he struggling? While Gibson's not playing to his standard? No, he's the exact same goalie. It's just not when you're on a good winning team, you get credit. And I had that discussion with uh, both bishop and uh, vasilevsky this year's awards too. you goalies don't get their awards or get the recognition without a good team behind them it's just how the goalie uh goalie thing works um and uh, you see it over and over again and all the great goalies that everyone talks about around this league for the last forever you know they're, they're on great teams and same with uh, you know flurry and lundquist and Whoever it is, they always had their really good defensive uh, teams that play around them. They build around them. Uh, and uh, then you get recognition and people see what you're doing.
2: I was going to say, Lundqvist is when everyone all of a sudden the numbers have fallen off. And I'm like, well, it's not like he's forgotten how to play goal.
3: But that environment, again, has just changed in front of me. Still one of the all-time greats. Of course he is. Uh, but again, the Rangers has never been this before. Uh, uh, Rangers always been, let them see the first shot, take away the rebounds. Look at Jonathan Quick. Uh, Jonathan Quick is still insane, but it's not the same, same structure, same team anymore. You know, uh, no, it's, uh, you don't lose your talent, but people like to think so. It's just, it's, it's not easy to, in today's game. With the amount of offensive skill and how good players are shooting these days, if you don't have much structure in front of you, it's not easy. It's really not easy, but uh, Craig Anderson told me earlier in the year he's like if, if if guys in this league
2: get time in the slot and hit their spot, it's going in.
3: Yeah, and that's where I think uh, the predictability. I learned a lot from Craig about this when I played with him, and that's why I think uh, I've been able to be pretty good at the clear line shots. you know it's about the unpredictability, not making a perfect save and making a perfect technique. I think if you don't play if there's a guy shooting from the slot area and he hits a spot, there's only one way of saving it. It's, the, it's unorthodox save. If he hits the spot and you do a regular butterfly, he's scoring. End of story. If you read and you throw a shoulder up and you lean in and you predict, that's when you save that shot. That's kind of where I, I, I've been good this, this year and last, and last year because I'm not letting in many clear line shots, even if they're from the slot. Because, you know, as soon as I see they're in the dangerous zone, I stop being te- technical. I start looking at the stick, start looking at his face and start predicting, leaning and then cheating, uh, predict, pre- predictable cheating. Uh, and uh, uh, you, you have to, uh, if, there's, if, if there's a shot from the slot and you're not one step ahead, he's scoring. You have to realize that there are other methods, but... I think the new generation of goaltending and goaltending coaches are so stuck in their ways and being so overly technical. That's leading to a lot of problems. It's leading to very being very predictable for the shooter. Uh, the shooters have the upper hand. Um, and, uh, you know it, they look at us a lot, uh, you know, in pre-scouts and stuff like that. And they, we do the same thing over and over on the post. It's the perfect reverse VH. that screws everyone's hips, and everyone's having hip surgery before they even get into the league. Now the the new generation of goaltending coaches is destroying this position. Okay, let's have some fun here. Gear styles still matter. Oh yeah, no, I think so. I I think uh, uh, I think so. I mean, I haven't had. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, definitely. I, I, I think you know.
2: I caught your, uh, I caught your equipment guy having to spray up some sticks for so, so the black matches the black yeah, on the
3: set. Yeah, no, I don't know. Warrior haven't want to give me sticks for a while. I don't know what's going on, but uh, no, I, I Corey told me, you know, Corey's always had black. I, I tried black. I never had full black gear, and uh, uh, I like it. Uh, I like it. I was a little bit, uh, I, am I gonna look smaller or not? But that's just a, ma- it's, it doesn't work like that. Uh, it has no, uh, has no meaning to it. Uh, so no, I just changed it up and have fun with it. Do you find, can you get a quicker whistle on all black pads sometimes? No, uh, I, I, I don't think, no, I don't think so. Um, I think sometime even, even, even slower whistles with black pads because yeah, because the, the ref doesn't really get a grasp of where the puck is. So they hesitate a little bit. The only thing with the black pads screwed screw with me in the beginning was my blocker because my, my glove is not very much forward, but my blocker is forward, so I keep seeing black in my peripherals, so it kind of screwed me the first few games. Uh, I keep getting caught seeing my blocker in my peripherals, and uh, that black just caught me a little bit, but uh, that, that's over now, but uh, um, no, I have... I kind of like the, the black pads, uh, to be honest. Uh, it's uh, been working out nice.
2: Okay, so last one. Uh, I saw that they had stitched on, it's the same here, stitched on the pads. Not to get into it too much, but just where you are personally and professionally, is there no coincidence, Robin, that there are two? Like, how much pride
3: do you take in the work you've
2: done on that side, and how much does it allow you to go out there and play freely as a goaltender?
3: No, I mean it's it's obviously it's been better. Uh, I mean it has its drawbacks too. You know it's, it's been tough, uh, but it's also been way way better. Uh, but uh, it's because uh,
2: we ask, and that's no, why I no,
3: no, 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 definitely not. That's not. You know when you become sober, it's just not everything just doesn't become perfect because you stop uh, drinking or whatnot. You know other problems arise. You know uh, You start dealing with anxiety and stuff instead, uh, which I didn't have before. Uh, so I mean it's 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 it's, it's a saying. Uh, uh in uh aa that uh you have to deal with the wreckage of your past no matter what you know it's uh you um doesn't only because you become sober not everything just disappears you know It's, it's you still have to battle through the same the same battles but without your 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 help so so to say but i have finding other helps for myself in in a better way now but uh um, no, the same here is just more of a, why Why I like the same here is here uh, organization and their message is more of realizing that uh, we're all struggling with something. It's not just one person or one in five or whatnot. Uh, everyone in every team that I've been on or every person that I've ever met, everyone deals with something and everyone has some type of battle in their life. And we, we, we like to put these mental aspects or addiction or whatever in certain pockets of society, which... Uh, truly it's just not correct uh because we're all struggling with mental illness some some point in time in our life if it's uh, you know if it's it can be depression or uh anxiety or uh, whatever it might be you know if someone in your family dies relationship issues financial issues whatever you go through highs and lows mentally and uh it's just more of a common thing that uh, than what uh, then obviously you have the bigger, uh, so some of the bigger diagnoses that kind of don't go away, like uh, you know schizophrenia, and bipolar, and wh- whatever it might be. But it's it's fairly common, and if we can all just uh, come to a point where we understand that everyone deals with something, you know, and stop putting things in pockets, it can change things. Do you, having a,
2: being able to be the guy that, like, do you think it helps? Does it mean a lot that other people see you being public about it and it can help them?
3: Yeah oh for sure i mean it's a, it's a stepping it's a starting point like we, we we there's a lot of people doing a lot of good things but uh, just be more hope if people can just be more open uh, about it i think you can uh can help change the the uh, change the situation long term so-
0: Robin Leonard, uh, he did an interview with the Athletics, Mark Lazarus, uh, earlier this year, just in the wake of the Bill Peters, Mark Crawford uh, issues, and he didn't give them a pass at all. Didn't come close to that, but said people do deserve a second chance, and that uh, we've got to work on things as a society because we're living in this cancel culture. And I thought it was a it was uh, a, an unbelievably frank interview, honest interview, and. Uh, to the point where it, uh, it, it walked a line where maybe you wouldn't see a professional athlete uh, uh, go to. So uh, really appreciate uh, all of Robin Leonard's both this interview and, uh, and his conversations along the way, Woody.
2: Yeah, I mean, and to me, that just follows what we talked about earlier. He's passionate uh, about the position, but he's passionate about a lot of things and he's going to share his opinions and, and share that passion when he has a, a belief about something and he deserves credit for a ton of it. Um, I do, I do wonder, I I hate to say this, it shouldn't be like this, but I do wonder not the mental health, but that passion, that willingness to be the spotlight, to talk, talk as openly as he will about anything, whether that there are teams in the NHL that just don't want that spotlight, just don't want that in their room. They want you to be seen, not heard. And um, I don't agree with it, but I do wonder if there will be teams in unrestricted free agency that shy away as a result. I think we know the answer is there probably will be to me, that's their loss. Cause, yeah. uh, cause he's, because he's, but he's as good. A, he's as good a speaker as he is a goaltender. And I, you know, is he always right? Probably not. None of us are, but, um, he's got a passion and he speaks from the heart and he, and he speaks openly
0: and honestly. And I love that. You know what? There's, there's always reasons uh, goofy, um, unusual asinine reasons why a certain team doesn't want to talk to a, a certain player or strokes that, uh, athlete off their list in all sports and hopefully we're a little bit more open uh on this subject now than than we have been but yeah i i'm with you i i think some teams will stay away it's not right but it uh it's certainly uh a fact uh, more more teams will take a look at him because of his body of work two years in a row though hutch because he's been he's been he's been a rock star Yeah,
1: you can never be 100% certain how anybody's going to fit into any organization, but as Kevin has so rightly pointed out, he's done it in two very different systems now, so you know exactly what you're getting when you bring Robin in.
0: And he's become a fan favorite in Chicago. They love him uh, and what he does and and how he reacts and and, uh, his honesty about the shootout right on down to uh, the in-goal community talking about one knee down saves. I mean, there's guys that wouldn't do that just because it doesn't look as good and it's clunky and it's awkward. He doesn't care. He just wants to stop the puck. As we saw with
1: that pro read segment at uh, In-Goal Premium with Craig Anderson, I mean, there's advantages to doing it as well. Totally. It's it's not just to throw shooters off. Uh, Anderson spoke of a a very particular reason for doing that. So uh, I, I love that the position is continuing to evolve. And Robin's in many ways at the forefront, even though it's a little bit throwback, isn't it?
0: That it is. So do we know uh, what style uh, KVG38 plays? Is he a pure butterfly? I, I,
1: I think he's a pretty traditional butterfly goaltender, although he does catch with the wrong hand. Uh, but again, that's probably knowing you know how elite he is. He probably planned it that way just to throw off the shooters. But if you listen to the segment that we had, um, there is a little bit of a reference to technique there. We've got a bit of a throwdown for a, a showdown competition yep. with Cam at the hockey yep. shop, if Cam is, is willing. And, uh, and we also had a bit of a uh, challenge to a, shall we call it a pad stack competition with our own Kevin mm. Woodley.
2: Yeah, I can't so stack the pads. I can't we're do that. are
1: looking forward to the next uh-huh. visit.
0: Okay, here, here's my only thing with that challenge, uh, and, and Kane, um, this, is, uh, this is meant to be uh, just a, a bit of a question about uh, your style in the sense of you're obviously a modern goaltender, KVG 38, because if it's going to take you three to four weeks to work on your pad stack to get it ready, you're, uh, you're a newbie compared to us because we can do it. We can throw a pad stack out there with I- like one or two days. I can't Whoa, I can't
1: seconds seconds and I would just bust out the old Coopers if we had to have a competition but, totally but I think KVG was really really just alluding to his dedication to the craft and and he's going to take anything seriously
2: you guys can throw a pat's like guys I can't I I can't like I just I've, oh. I didn't grow up like that and Kevin just I, throws his back
0: it. yeah I just I he, basically lie down you wait till you see. I, I'll check out my Twitter timeline. Uh, there were Some people were in a, a rural rink in Manitoba, rest in Manitoba. And on the wall is a picture from 1987 of Darren Millard getting the MVG uh, medal at this tournament. And you should see the pads I'm wearing in that picture on my Twitter feed. Oh, they find it, please. Are, they are so ugly, so fat, and so heavy that... Uh, and I could do a pad stack. So KVG 38, dude, you got to get your stack on here. Uh, but this is a fun interview. He is a personality. He loves the position. He's passionate about goaltending, and he gives back to the goaltending community. He's part of this multimedia, uh, modern approach to the position and, uh, and making uh, a name for himself. He's a brand, but he's also, first and foremost, a goaltender. Here's KVG thirty-eight in our gear segment, presented by Source for Sports Surrey, The Hockey Shop, thehockeyshop.com dot with David Hutchison.
1: If you have spent any time browsing YouTube for goaltending videos, chances are you've spent some time watching our next guest. He's the star of the, uh, shall we say, satirical autobiographical series BHL thirty-six and the BHL Life. He's the self-proclaimed president of the BHLPA. And he's an all-around good guy, chronicling his journey from Beer League to, he still hopes, the National Hockey League. I am, of course, talking about the one and only Kane Van Gaeter, as we know him around here, KVG. KVG, welcome. Thank you for joining us on the In Goal Radio podcast, a very special edition. I don't know if you know this. It's our one-year anniversary this week.
4: We're really awesome. Well, honored to be on uh, either way, and especially honored to be on after your one-year anniversary. And listen to all the episodes. You guys are doing an awesome job. So I'm pretty stoked at beyond touch. Appreciate it.
1: Thank you. Uh, we'll come back to it, but you know, edition number one started with Roberto Luongo. There's going to be a little tie in, in your journey to uh, Lou and the Florida Panthers. We'll get to that soon, but we yeah. often begin our career with our pros talking about, uh, you know, their growth in the game and, and their career. So can you tell us a little bit about your background and uh, how you came to your success in the beer leagues?
4: Yeah, so it was a long road to uh, my successful BHL career, uh, which is hopefully far from over. I, um, let's see, I started playing goalie uh, in 10U, uh, and that's Adam, I believe, in Canada. Okay. We call that spurt here in the United States. Um, right off the bat, I had a pretty sick setup, and so I showed a lot of promise and uh, was able to play some high-level hockey. And um, yeah, I mean, uh, just sick setups, big saves, big timely saves, and always just kind of being that key guy on the team is, just sped off that and always kind of loved that loved the pressure. So being a goalie, was a natural fit for me, um, attracted to the gear, you know, same deal as any other goalie who kind of fell in love with the sport. But, uh, you know, I, I kind of thought I'd play in the national hockey league. Um, and, uh, hopefully I will someday as an emergency goalie or whatever, whatever works out, it doesn't matter to me. But, uh, anyways, uh, if that doesn't happen, you know, I'm pretty content playing the BHL. It's been a fun ride and, it's, uh, it's some good hockey, so it's it's fun to go out there and compete uh, one day a week.
1: And I and I remember at one point seeing in one of your shows that you had, I think you'd gone back to back to back with championships at that point. Where where are you standing now?
4: I haven't lost in like three years.
1: Wow. Well, your, yeah, t- your team must be pretty tough. lucky.
4: A lot of people chirp me because I only average about six or seven shots a game, because I got a pretty good team in front of me, but... You know, it's it's not easy to sit there and watch the other goalie make 25 saves and all of a sudden you've got like a slap shot from the blue line and you got to stop, you know what I mean? So um, it's it's been, you know, I take a lot of credit for all these championships, but yeah, we're on like 5 in a row now, I think. So we're on a roll of the boys.
1: Well, as uh, as Grant Fear said, you know, it's not how many saves you make, it's, it's which ones and when you make them. So Exactly. Uh, so So KVG in an age, and and I would even say in a sport where athletes tend to be a little bit more guarded in terms of their public persona, you've really put yourself out there on YouTube and other social channels. Why is that?
4: Well, I just thought that there was a void. I thought there's a lot of, um, you know, talented hockey players out there that didn't make it to the NHL. And so I just thought I'd share my story. And I'm just really glad that people have followed along and, and watched the videos. And so just trying to give, uh, not that I'm an average Joe or anything, but some beer leaguers are, um, even though I'm you know, the upper, upper echelon of, of uh, beer league. But I just wanted to give all those guys a voice and and uh, you know let the world know that just because you don't make it to the National Hockey League doesn't mean uh, your story isn't important and shouldn't be heard or seen by others.
1: Right on. Now, whether it's your, your time growing up from those days in squirt hockey or, or as a beer leaguer now, we all strive to be the best we can. How do you continue to develop your skills for that shot at the bigs?
4: Uh, Six setups is a big part of it. I think you got to look the part. Um, when I was in school, I heard somebody say, dress for the, the job you want, not the job you have. And I raised my hand. And I said, I already do. I got a custom setup. I look legit. Um, teacher is a little confused. But uh, anyway, so I, looking the parts, big, a big deal for me. Um, I've also taken since BHL 36, I've taken nutrition uh, a different direction. I've learned actually quite a bit since that BHL 36 video. Apparently, fried buffalo wings is not a good pre-game meal, but um, hey, it worked for me at the time. So, uh, taking nutrition to the next level. And then um, I'm even doing some off ice workouts because, you know, when that, that one, when that Thursday night comes around, I got to be ready um, and I got to be in shape. Cause someone has to stop seven bucks or sometimes it's 12 bucks. You know what I mean? Like you just never know.
1: Might be a rebound even.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> Usually the boys clear it out for me. They're pretty good about that.
1: So, so you're known, as you say, for some of your pretty sweet setups. And, uh, if that call up that you got, well, we saw you on the beach in Florida in your gear, I think. And can you tell us a little yeah. bit about that call up you got from the Florida Panthers and, they, they must have seen something in you if they were willing to do that when they already had a future Hall of Famer, Roberto Luongo, in the net.
4: Right. So this all started um, – Bobby Liu had an injury, and um, the other goalie did as well. I, I'm i drawing a blank on who that was. Um, before Reimers, there, obviously. Anyhow, they had two goalies go down, and it was just one of these weird deals where they're getting ready to to dress their goalie coach. And I, w- I want to say – Uh, Longo came back and just gutted it out and finished the game, but it just kind of gave them an idea like, hey, and this is this kind of sparked the whole emergency goalie thing. And so the 40 Panthers decided to hold the tryout. I got a really sincere email, um, you know, saying they've been watching my videos, they show a lot of promise. I look the part, which is really important when you're sitting on the bench looking legit. And so, you know, I thought I had it in the bag. I got there, and there were like 80. Seven other goalies who got the exact same email i got so that stung a little bit but it didn't discourage me at all i thought i went out there and you know did a really good job Uh, unfortunately i didn't get picked as their emergency goalie which i'll never never understand as long as i live but hey you know things happen and um you know ups and downs sometimes you get cut you win or lose you just got to keep battling forward so that was a big lesson learned for me but um you know, I'm not bitter at all. I wish, I wish the Florida Panthers the best of luck. Still, but uh, all in all, it was a great experience. I mean, being on the beach, going and playing hockey, and seeing where guys like Olongo and you know all those guys get to play. I even went to a Panthers game too uh, against Montreal Canadiens. Saw Carey Price. I think he, I almost got an so. I think he gave up one, but either way, he looked silky smooth like he always does. So it, it was a pretty cool experience, nonetheless.
1: That's great, and probably some good advice you'd have for the kids out there then about. If things just don't work out, maybe another door is going to open.
4: Yeah, I mean, rarely. I mean, I think if you, even if you talk to an NHL goaltender, I would think they've all gotten cut at some point. Um, a lot of those guys are freaks of nature, so I'm sure maybe some of them have never gotten cut. But, you know, whether it's going to Team Canada or trying out for a Bama team, I mean, sometimes you get picked, sometimes you don't. It's, it's how you rebound afterwards, just like when a goal goes in. How do you handle what happens next? And so it's, it's a big life lesson for that- sure
1: excellent that's uh we always try and pull something out for the kids and even though you're a bhl guy i think it's important for the kids so thank you
4: yeah, um,
1: so so as we said you're known for your sweet setups and and i think if the call from florida wasn't evidence enough of your skill uh you, you've in fact been a bauer sponsored athlete uh how long have you been working with bauer and and what are you wearing now
4: right now i'm in the new 2x 2x pros I absolutely love them, um, and this the Supreme line's awesome too. And, and that and Vapor, they're both so impressive. I think the Vapor line fits my style a little bit, um, how I play, and just you know the looks of it. So currently in the Two X Pro, it's beautiful. It's all royal blue with uh, with some red accents and just a teeny dash of baby blue. So you know when every guy on the, on the team notices your new setup, especially when you get them so frequently, you know it's a good sign that that you got a good one. So um yeah the boys like it they like to give me the tap on the pads and um yeah i mean like i said i've said a few times already looks is such a huge part of this position you gotta you gotta lift the part right so and that guy's coming down the ice right now trying to hammer it home you need to see a goalie who's out cutting his angle out ready with, with the shiny fancy setup i think that makes all the
1: difference. <laughs> makes all the difference Any of the the features that you really like about the 2X Pro that works for you? I mean, is it the sliding? Is it the rebounds? Uh, What do you like about it?
4: Um, Well, the Odin, the way the pads slide is unbelievable. It it took me probably about 5-10 minutes to get adjusted to because it's easier than what you're used to as far as, you know, distance on sliding. But it was a fun thing to adjust to. Um, I like, I really like the strapping of the pads. I can get the vapors on in two seconds. I, I really like that. That's great for me. The catch club i love the break the pocket the feel the same with the blocker i just i don't know as soon as i put the vapor stuff on there's really no custom specs for me because i thought they did such a great job of putting it together that i just had um i think just a couple tiny modifications but uh nothing major
1: right so are you in the 2x pro chesty as well correct right yes. so our experience with testing it whether it's bantam or right up to junior a has been that it's almost the perfect combination of uh, protection and mobility. Uh, yes, I, I'm just wondering—is that what you were wearing when you were in in that episode, facing off against the novice AAA kids?
4: Yes, that is. And so it is NHL spec, and so it's a little smaller. Where you know, in beer league, you actually don't have to wear NHL spec gear; you can wear any gear. In case you didn't know that. Right. So there are a couple bucks who just that just grazed over my shoulder. Or my arm and would go post it in so at least i know like hey if i if i had a normal chest on, those would have been saved but you know like i said earlier you got to dress for the job you want not the job you have and so i feel like it's important for me to wear that nhl spec just in case i get that emergency call up back up one of these days so perfect just, get, just get ready to go
1: yeah much. That, that makes sense and and as a bauer athlete you've you've no doubt seen the new uh supreme line for 2020 the Ultrasonic. Uh, yes. Most recently. We uh, saw that beautiful setup for Carolina that their trainer, George Elves, a recent guest on our show, had modified for yeah. James Reimer and the Hartford Whalers colors. Um, little plug, if you don't mind, here from us. Anybody who wants to see the behind the scenes photos of how that setup was created, go to Um, I'm just wondering, is, do you know anything about the ultrasonic from your consultations with Bauer? Uh, is it safe to say that, that if the ultrasonics had been available when you tried out with Florida, you probably would have made the team, wouldn't you?
4: Oh, probably. I mean, if I had the vapor stuff, I, I for sure would have made the team. Um, but yeah, Bauer's been great. I love Bauer goalie, Bauer hockey. They, they've been really good to me these last few years, and um, you know, I've ordered a lot of setups from them. So they're really good about trying to get them to me as as fast as they can, you know, and get all my custom specs in. So I've had no issues with that. It's it's been a pretty smooth process, and um, you know, it's been cool to see their innovation in the goalie in the goalie industry. I mean. When I first started wearing Bauer, there were only a handful of guys in the league. In the by league, I mean the NHL, not not my beer league, uh, who were wearing it. And so, you know, now to see when they came out with this Odin line and, and all this stuff, it seems like they've really ramped up their goalies, their their goalie part of their uh, brand. And to see all these guys in the show wearing it, it's been pretty cool. Uh, I don't know if my videos have anything to do with it, or if it's just you know the quality and the product that they're putting out there, or maybe it's a combination of the two. But, uh, anyways, it's it's been cool to see, nonetheless.
1: And anything you can tell us about the new line, or I mean, we're we're not really allowed to say much just yet. But. I
4: uh, honestly, I don't know much about the ultrasonic line um, yet, outside of the pictures I saw. I uh, I sent Ben Bishop a few text messages about it, and um, you know, he just said he really likes it, great feel, and all that stuff. But even he was a little hush hush. He didn't give me too much intel about it, so. Um, Yeah, I don't know a lot other than it looks like to me, it looks just, you know, like an upgraded version of the Supreme, which, you know, that's exactly what it is. But what those mods are and those upgrades are, I don't know yet. So I always defer to you guys or, or, you know, you guys are a goalie gear nerd to figure out all that stuff. Because I I thought I was the smartest guy when it came to goalie gear until I met you and Woodley up, (laughs) up in Vancouver. And then I realized I wasn't. And so... Yeah, I usually defer to you guys on that stuff.
1: Uh, too, I, wish, too, I wish I had a
4: better answer for you.
1: <laughs> too kind. Well, speaking of Vancouver, Caner, uh, we first met when Bauer and the Hockey Shop brought you up to Vancouver for their annual Tendi Fest event. And public public appearances by sponsored athletes isn't really all that uncommon, but it must have been a special experience for you cool. up there.
4: Yeah, it was really neat. I mean, just getting to BC was cool because it's BC. It's beautiful. There's, there's everything, mountains, beach, city, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, going to Tengue Fest was special. And thanks to Bauer Goalie for inviting me. Uh, the hockey shop for you know letting me come out as well. It was just neat to, to meet a lot of kids who have been watching the videos. Uh, whether they've been watching for a month or since the beginning, it was really cool to meet. I think I met hundreds of goalies there. I mean, you remember there sure. goalies everywhere. And so I've never seen anything like it. Um, the hockey shop were really... Puts on a good show there, and they have all the vendors, you know, Bauer, CCM, Bonds, all those guys there, and showing off all their new setups. And then it, it was just, it was really neat to be a part of.
1: So the big event is at Burnaby Eight Rinks, and and like you say, it was like walking into a shopping mall full of goaltenders. Yeah. Um But you must have had a chance to go actually visit the hockey shop, and Kevin calls it a little slice of goalie heaven. Uh, what was your okay. experience?
4: Loved it. And so that's actually, well, I'm going to backtrack here. Um, us going to Tenny Fest for a couple of years is kind of what allowed us to shoot the hockey journey film, which we'll get into later. Um, but just going up there and and just seeing the event was cool. But going into the store at the hockey shop, the basement, I remember. And this is, this is in the film too, but the setup they have, they have a whole wall of pads. And I know you could say that about a lot of stores, but they have like a, their walls like next level. Like it just, it's hard to put in the words uh, you just have to see it for yourself, I guess, but it was I was blown away by the breadth of product they had, you know, the color schemes they had, and, and just the the nice pristineness of everything. Everything was nice and clean and organized like it's not like some hockey shops where you walk in and there's boxes on the floor and things like that like it was It was a legitimate retail experience, and uh, those guys are doing a phenomenal job, so we're just stoked to be a part of that
1: that's awesome, so cam joins us almost every week on this for our gear segment. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. he, he may be usurped this week by your appearance, but uh, so the question yeah. is uh, you versus cam in a shootout competition with your buddy, Pavel Barber, uh, who's going to win?
4: Like cam's a goalie and I'm a goalie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I've never seen cam play, but I'm, I'm just 100% on with myself. You got to be confident, right? I mean, if you're not confident, you're not going to win. So sorry, Cam. No offense, buddy.
1: Maybe we can set it up next year.
4: Yeah, I'm in.
1: the The other competition we uh, Darren and I want to set up is uh, you versus Woody and the pad stack. How's that going to go?
4: Oh, pad stack specifically.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, we could do like you know the Olympic gymnastics routines. We could score them out of ten or something.
4: Yeah. Okay. Um, You know, I've heard through the grapevine that Woody's pad stacks are, are are a work of art. So I don't. I don't want to chirp too much here, but I'll, I'll probably, I'll probably beat him. Um, I think, you know, I don't have any kids or anything like that. So I have more time to practice. So, you know, if we do that, just give me a heads up so I can have at least a good four to six weeks to practice my stacks. But um, that'll be a good one though. I like that idea.
1: We'd love to do that. And Woody's so old, he might not even get up after the first one.
4: As long as he goes ten out of ten, though, that's a good
1: average. <laughs> okay, so, so, you already alluded to it, and and we'll say, you know, you've gone from being a beer league beauty to almost the NHL, and you're a famous YouTube star. And I'm not at all being insincere, Kaner, when I say that many of my son's teammates uh, list you as their favorite goaltender as a result of your work on YouTube. I um, love it. Now I that love you've it. embarked on a career as a documentary filmmaker, so can you tell us a little bit about uh, the hockey journey?
4: Yeah. So, like any. Like any goalie who's ever put the pads on, I've dreamed of playing in the NHL. And I don't think that dream's ever going to die. But, you know, as I get older, I'm approaching, starting to approach my mid-30s. And so, you know, you got to think, you got to be down to earth and realistic and think, hey, maybe it will work out. So I'll keep pursuing that. But another dream I had was to be a filmmaker. Um, I'm not an actor, obviously. Like, this is this is my real life, and my day-to-day and real name and all that. But, um, you know, I just wanted to... Take things to the next level, and I just thought it was time. And so, being up in Vancouver the first time we went to Tendy Fest, we had all these cool interviews with you know from Woodley to you know uh, the guys from Ultimate Hockey Fan Cave to um, you know a couple uh, NHL alums and just all these. We we're gathering all this cool content, and so when we came back to Tenue Fest the following year, we we rented some legitimate camera gear because um, it's. Expensive. so we rented it and we brought it up and we actually got serious about you know grabbing as much content as we could so we could make this documentary film and um i'm glad we did it's been you know about two and a half three years in the making it's been an insane amount of work uh for my editor but you know we've i'm pretty confident with it i'm really excited to share this with the world and i just i hope people like it and uh, you yeah, know i really hope that we can just continue to do this uh, of course i want to keep making youtube videos but you know, I would love to have a hockey journey series if, if at all possible and, and keep doing more of these. So th- that's, that's the hope, but you know, uh, as long as people like it at the end of the day, I can think, do I think its worth all the time. That.
1: Well, I wouldn't be surprised if you got the call from Netflix or Apple soon. Um, that's,
4: that's the goal. That's the goal. We'll so, see. so like
1: any good talk show, of course, uh, you've brought a clip along from, uh, from your new movie. Do you want to set it up for us?
4: Yeah, yeah. Check this out. So this is just um, this is a piece from the trailer here. Which, if you want to see the full length trailer, you can go to my YouTube channel or see any of my videos for that matter. Uh, YouTube.com backslash Kane VanGate thirty uh, eight. It's the same handle for all my social channels. So uh, yeah, I would start with BHL thirty six if you've never seen my videos, um, and then from there you can watch any video. But the Hockey Journey movie trailer should be uh, towards the top. So definitely give give that a peep. But here, check this out.
1: All right, here we go. Uh, KVG's Hockey Journey.
4: As you know, all roads lead the beer league. Whether you peaked in Pee Wees or made it to the show, if you want to keep playing hockey, you play in the BHL. Whether it's a men's league, a rec league, an A-league, a beginner league, it's all the same. It's beer league. And did I think I'd always wind up there? Um, No, I, I always kind of figured I'd play in the NHL. Okay, um i'm still a little confused i just don't get what makes this movie worthy like what's the story
1: all right that's that that was great uh Kaner. thank you for sharing that with us uh, i know we're all looking forward to our exclusive in goal screening um there will be one won't there
4: Yes, I'm, I'm, absolutely. It's just its just a matter of when. Right. And uh, hopefully, I can uh, afford a plane ticket to join you guys. And it's not just something I send your way.
1: Well, so. maybe when you uh, come up to Vancouver, we can have an exclusive screening for all the Vancouver based uh, in goal premium members.
4: Yeah. I actually like that idea. Mm-hmm. I like that idea. And speaking of premium, not to get sidetracked here, but I'm freaking loving it. It's awesome. Oh, thank you. I, I think all these, I've been telling some of the goalies that I coach about it because they ask me these specific questions and um, I, I like to defer to other people sometimes and and i was just like dude you gotta subscribe to this it's awesome so um i'm glad you guys got that out there and i'm sure boys are loving it
1: that's awesome thank you there is there, i mean well, i i know you do coach youngsters you coach guys right up to the pros and and it's great that you're willing to share your knowledge and experience um i've especially enjoyed the way you interact with young kids on the ice and just to let people know there is a and ask the in goal goalie dad who is not me, uh, call him on premium. So if any of those kids have any questions or their parents, no doubt are looking to you for, for career advice. Um, just tell them to send them our way and we'll see what we can do.
4: Yeah, we'll do. We'll do.
1: Okay. So how, and when can people see a hockey journey?
4: Um, so thank you for asking that Hutch. So, We're hosting a premiere. Uh, For those of you who don't know, premiere means the first viewing of the film. So we're hosting that in St. Louis on Monday, January 27th, which is after the All-Star weekend, which is also here in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, So we're going to do that that Monday evening. And then after that, I think it's, they say a four to eight, so a month or two month process. Um, So right now we've submitted it to a third party, which submits it to Hulu and Netflix and all of the things. And so here, let me read this excerpt from my, my editor because he didn't want me to answer this question. That, that'd be great. Uh, he said, don't be cocky about things being on Netflix or Hulu. Just tell people it'll most likely be available for digital download on iTunes or Amazon within the next month or two. Tell them you'll make announcements when that happens. Seriously, please don't be cautious. Okay, so yeah, that was, that was written by my editor. So it's kind of up in the air, but according to him, it's probably going to be available on iTunes for download here in the next month or two.
1: Oh, that's
4: awesome. And when, when that happens, I'll, I'll make sure to blast it all over my social channel so everybody knows.
1: That's awesome. So as you mentioned, Woody's in the film. Uh, my son, Maddie is in the film with you briefly, a little cameo. I gotta say, gotta say very courageous of you to step on the ice with Maddie and put your reputation on the line.
4: Yeah. So Yeah, you know, luckily he was younger because it's from a couple years ago. So even though he was a stud then, he's not he's not quite the stud he's turned into these last two years. So he didn't make me look he didn't make me look too bad. uh, So I kept his days off. Like there were some other high level goalies out there, and I just you know, I wanted, I didn't want to show them. I wanted to make sure I look
1: good. Yeah. It's gotta be, it's gotta be a, a fine line. You have to walk. So anyway, Maddie and Woody are just wondering if, if you have the address to send the residuals checks to.
4: Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'll, I'll pass that on to my editor. That's something I let him take care of that stuff. So <laughs> we'll, we'll figure that out later.
1: Or your agent, I guess.
4: Yeah. I'm still working on one of those. Okay. Uh, we- kid. Yeah. No, I have an agent a manager and a PR person and, um do you want to yeah, give a, a little shout out? And a team of people, yeah. So I'd like to thank all of them for all their support because you know they exist and they've been a big help.
1: That's awesome. Okay, KVG, I want to thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Uh we recently had Joel Hofer on as our first junior guest, and all that took was a world championship for him to get invited on. We knew one day oh. we'd have a beer league guest, and all it took was uh now now I hear five time back to back to whatever uh champion as Eight well.
4: total to be clear. Eight sorry. total, sorry. Eight Total, but five consecutive. Oh, so, yeah.
1: so there was an injury year in there somewhere.
4: Yeah, yeah. yeah actually, been. in the BHL life. I hurt my back and then I missed the session, the boys couldn't pull it off without me. You know. So maybe, you know, like I said, it may be seven or eight shots a game, but it's uh it's easier said than done.
1: Well, one championship for every shot you get in a game. Uh that's that's pretty darn good. Thank you for joining us. We hope you'll return uh when you're in the show. Perhaps we can have a pro read segment on in Goal Premium with KVG. Yeah.
4: Yeah, if that, if that happens, I'll still find the time for you guys for sure. And thanks for having me on, Hutch. Uh, and, you know, Woodley, all the guys. And I wish you guys all the best. Thanks.
1: Peace.
0: Thanks, Kayla. You know Have a great one, buddy. Yeah, you too. He's a beauty. And uh, I can't wait to meet him because, well, I can't wait to meet him because he'll probably punch me in the head because of my previous introductions. Uh, but, uh, no, KVG38, he is cool. I love people who believe in themselves, believe in what they're doing and make something out of it without being, uh, taking themselves too seriously. It sounds like he takes himself seriously, but that's, uh, just, I mean, that's part of the shtick, uh, and, uh, and he's really cool. And, and we, I followed him forever. So it's neat to hear him. Hutch, uh, you really, it sounds like you had to ask him three or four times to come on though. Oh, it was a real challenge. Um. <laughs>
2: <laughs> mostly, mostly it was hard to fit it into his schedule, to be honest with you.
4: Right. right.
1: He was a, he was a great sport to do that. And I, 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 love that he's created something so original. I mean, exactly. Every, everybody wants to be a YouTube star. And so you see a whole lot of the same thing out there, but he's created a very, very unique personality and he does it so well. So yeah, really, really enjoyable. But as I said, there is, there is, you know, a bit of a serious side to that. He's, he is a legit ambassador for Bauer and for the Hockey Shop, and, and we're glad that he was able to join us in that capacity. Yeah,
2: and we're not, we're not at all bitter at all that we didn't get a uh, personal flight and accommodations for the movie premiere in St. Louis coming up. Mm, I'm a little bitter. I'm a little sour.
1: Maybe
0: but we can did... get Darren up to Vancouver for when we have the in-goal premiere up here. You know what I was thinking? where's what like there's no better place for a premiere than vegas let's do it down on the strip you know you know what he was legit
1: excited about that idea i did mention that to him uh offline uh i offered him your couch i'm sure you're good with that yeah and uh no maybe maybe darren's living room will be the premiere for about six of us
0: <laughs> premier That's uh that's a very intimate. We'll we'll be able to sell it uh, online as, to the to uh to our followers as an intimate uh yes. premiere uh with his with his documentary. So I can't wait to see it. It's cool and and again he doesn't take himself too seriously, but he is legit. He's a goaltender and played at a very high level, and he continues uh, uh, to play the position today. Woody, yes. What do you have left for us at the very end? Just some, uh, some words of inspiration for me as I, as I go into this week, because I have two ice times coming up. Can you give me something to concentrate on, to focus on? Because I haven't skated in about three weeks.
2: I'd love mm. to come up with something really intelligent, but, um, I'm coming off a three week absence, uh, myself, Darren. And let's just say that uh, my return was not glorious, nor was it successful last night. So I'm, sh- I'm not sure that like, this might be a blind leading the blind segment. If I tell you how to come back, I don't would know. He would
1: recommend one of his motorized foam rollers. No doubt. Probably several hours <laughs> worth of foam rolling before hitting the
2: ice. That's it. These
0: are with new, new, new guys. I wouldn't pull that uh, foam roller out in front of people I don't really know. I wouldn't pull out a foam roller in front of people I do know. Who would do that? <laughs> oh, sorry, Woody. Uh, yeah, you know, it's,
2: interestingly enough, guys, we've been doing a big charity fundraiser for my beer league team. Yeah, uh, I saw that. A little pat on the back before we uh, before we exit. Uh the raffle itself is up over eighteen thousand dollars raised for the Canucks Autism Network, and as a team, we'll Amazing. probably hit forty grand. But interestingly, like we did the online stuff, and that was great. But but the real grassroots, like where we made our money, was we just went into locker rooms, like banged on doors, walked in, and said, "Guys, we're a beer league team. This is what we're doing." hundred and eighty locker rooms over the past week, we have walked into and i am quite sad to report i did not see a single person on the floor in the middle foam rolling so i i now realize <laughs> that i really am the exception rather than the rule and i, I i'm i'm a little redder now when you guys chirp me that the embarrassment is real <laughs> yeah i mentioned it a few times i'm like i'm worried about coming in before the game starts guys because i know your goalie's over there trying to prepare himself mentally for the game guys over there like huh what like Okay. Yeah. Um. I may be the only one that takes it that seriously before a Guy, game, but his, you know
0: what? His foam rollers, is a uh, a two king can sitting beside him.
2: Yeah. Ex- Woody, exactly. Woody
0: is not that
2: different from KVG. Let's I was be honest. just gonna say yes. it's a perfect tie-in, guys, because where I got my serious warm-up from was the man himself, KVG. I'm not quite running laps. <laughs> I'm not doing sprints up and down. At least when no one's looking. But uh, maybe a little too serious with the uh, extra stick for warm ups and the foam roller in the locker room. So
1: we might be able yeah. to get an extra donation for the Canucks Autism Fund if Kevin were willing to do a foam roller demonstration in goal. Yes. Maybe a little YouTube video with some guidance from KVG. Maybe they could even team up on it.
2: Yeah, because that's what our audience wants to see. Me writhing on the floor over a rotating cylinder. I don't think so. Oh, or a, a, a vibrating well, rotating cylinder. Well, if you pull cylinder. something,
0: we'd love to. I would love to see you writhing on the floor. And I think there's a lot of other people would too. I don't hey, care how it hey, comes hey, about. Hey, listen, if we have a pad stack competition, you're going to see me writhing on the floor. Okay, and before we go, uh, the idea that you have a stick for warm-up and then you have the stick for games is ridiculous. It's but not really you, a warm-up stick. If, 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 hold on. <laughs> hold on. If, you had, if you had a stick for games and then a really big hook for the empty net, I would buy into that. Okay. I would go for that. The empty net goal uh, stick, I would go for that. But your warm-up stick at, uh, at your age is ridiculous.
2: It's just an old
0: stick. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a practice roller
1: and a game roller too, Darren.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, KBG 38. Dude, what are you holding up?
2: I got a new roller. Oh. I got a new toy. It's a mini, a little mini ball roller it gets in that. Of course uh, you
1: do. Of course you do.
2: Does that thing how, have a battery in it? A motor? Honestly, oh, honestly, li- how many
1: rollers and rolling like devices it's do a, you have in that it's, office? It's a right
2: lithium-ion now? battery, uh, Darren. So it makes it a little tough. You got to carry it on in your luggage when you go for a flight. It's a smaller one. Actually gets it's actually small enough on the vibrating roller, you can actually get into the TFL band in front of the hip, which is a nightmare for goalies. Uh high price is the company. I wish they'd actually sent it to me for free. They should for this plug. Their stuff rocks yes, and they yes, should. I, I do have four or five of their products.
0: You are a dork, but I love you. <laughs> a, a, a big, beautiful, wonderful dork. but I Flexible love you. dork. I'm a flexible <laughs> dork. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You, you're you're, you're pain free, but uh, you're a dork. Uh, for David Hutchison, Kevin Woodley, the foam roller extraordinaire himself. Uh, our thanks to Robin Lanner and KVJ38 on this episode 52 of Ingoal Radio, the podcast. Our thanks to you. Our thanks for your loyalty, for your patronage, and your support over the course of the year, along with Source for Sports, Surrey, The Hockey Shop, thehockeyshop.com. Here's to another 52 as we roll into Season 2, Episode 1, otherwise known as number 53 of Ingold Radio, the podcast.